just crossing the stream. Track Guide, Cross the Streams Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10, another in our hometown hero segment where Kane and I go back and get some interviews with some people uh, from Billings, Montana, our hometown that had a great high school slash collegiate career, and we try to catch people up with what they're doing now, uh, with their families, with their careers, and also reminisce a little bit about the great times and, and events and athletic accomplishments they had in Billings. Today's a special guest is Parker Aldrich from Billings Central, Class of 1997, many of you remember Parker from dominant performances on the Class A football field and as a state champion wrestler in Montana. So we dive in with him about his career at Central, his collegiate years, and then what he's doing today. Uh, special guest reacts segment from Kane is back with me, as well as David Gunn, our podcast guru. We typically have a listen up segment with him bi-weekly. So instead of doing a listen up, we just brought him on because Parker, Kane, myself, David all grew up together in billing. So it was a great three-way podcast reaction to Parker Aldrich, hometown heroes, third version. Remember, we had Mike Cater from Billings West, J.P. Williams from Billings Skyview. You can find those episodes on our SoundCloud page, on iTunes. Uh, but today, Parker Aldrich, Billings Central High School, hometown heroes, Cross the Streams podcast, season two, episode 10. Cross the Streams podcast, hometown heroes, third edition we're going billing Central Catholic High School today. Kip here. Uh, Kane is game planning for University of North Dakota, so he'll be on the reacts. Uh, but I'm excited for this one. Obviously, last week we got J.P. Williams from Skyview, which is a direct connection. Uh, but this week we've got a Central Ram legend who's same age group, same class as me. We got to play Shrine football together, little guy football together. Uh, so it's a lot of fun to bring Parker Aldrich on. Parker, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing well, Kip. Thanks for having me. No problem. Hey, quickly, now you might be one of the first guests, Hometown Heroes, that you are in Billings currently, yes? You and the fam? I am, absolutely. I'm uh, right here in Billings, Montana, working for Cisco. Okay. And I'm, I'm the center of the play specialist, so I'm the protein guy. I'm out working with uh, all the restaurants around the state. I love yeah, it. There you go. And I think I, I wanted to bring that up, too, because now you got to be more careful talking about Billings because people are going to see you around town when we get into this. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, I love it here. You know, my family's here. I'm about five blocks from my brother. That's awesome. Um, and about the same for my dad. So, yeah, loving life. So, let's go back. And, and I, I got a list of questions that I had, Parker. I got some from Kane that he sent me to make sure I ask. And David Gunn, who you and I both obviously know from growing up, has a ton of little guy football. Apparently, you guys had a stacked team that he wants me to ask about. Um, but let's start here. Take me through, you know, elementary, junior high. How does Parker Aldrich end up at Central? You know, I know we. I have people that I've known throughout my life that have gone Central when they should have been Skyview or Senior West. But what does that look like? How did that choice look like for you? And how did you get there? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm born and raised in Lockwood. Um, my brother and I both, you know, my, my parents put down roots in, in the wood. Um, so we definitely grew up in Lockwood. Yeah. I think my dad had attended the Catholic schools in fifth or sixth grade mm-hmm. and really enjoyed that. And uh, then they moved on and, and he moved, you know, several times after that. But that was always something, I think, in my dad's mind that was some of his better times were in the Catholic school system here in Billings. So mm-hmm. he kind of steered us that direction. And, of course, my older brother, Brand, 
uh, about three years older than me, uh, headed to Billing Central as a freshman. And we were always involved in stuff growing up. So, I, you know, and I know you and Kane were gym rats as well. Right. That was kind of the same way. My dad had been an assistant at Billing Central in different capacities, always helping with the wrestling team, uh, doing whatever he needed in football, O-line or, um, you know, just a bunch of different just a bunch of different roles with Billing yeah. Central. Yeah. So we, we were just always kind of around it. And uh, it just seemed like a natural fit. Transferred over in eighth grade to St. Francis and uh, just – Went from there. Was it? Was it? Not. Weird is the wrong word. Was it difficult? You know, because I know you and I were on a Seahawks A squad. You know, little guy team together. And going up, growing up in Lockwood, I'm sure you're around a lot of kids that ended up at senior. You know, Josh DeBoer comes to mind and other names. Was it? Was it difficult then transferring away? Like I, I've got these friends at the other schools. But I'm playing at Central, and I got to meet a whole nother group of people. Or did the St. Francis kind of move you into knowing a, a lot of people at Central when you finally got there? Yeah, I think that was kind of my dad's intention, getting me there a little early to get in with a good group of kids. And I just remember transferring over there. We were kind of hoodlums in Lockwood. <laughs> you know, we, kind of, we did our own thing. And um, I just remember that first day in the Catholic schools, and you know, the teacher gives us an assignment, and she turns around. And I'm, you know, ready for the hijinks to break out. Right. And, uh, everybody just kind of, everybody kind of goes to work. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, you know, all right, I guess I'll just, I guess I'll do what I'm supposed to do. So there was a little bit of difference uh, in culture. Yeah. Going to the Catholic schools, but no, I uh, never looked back. I definitely, I owe a lot to the Catholic schools. I still help out. Yeah. You know, with a ton of different stuff. I've got a, uh, my little guy team that I'm working with right now is, is half Catholic school kids. Okay. So. Awesome. Tell me for you, because, you know, and for people that are just, if you're not a Billings native, you know, Parker's all everything on the football field, on the wrestling mat. Tell me for you, growing up in Billings, and I, I mean, I, we don't want to call ourselves celebrities by any means, but we've talked about on the, on the podcast before, you know, Billings is, doesn't have a professional team. The Cats and the Grizz aren't in Billings. So, you know, the high school scene there, if you're making noise playing high school sports, you're kind of known around town. How did you navigate that? Did you did you feel that and that kind of notoriety? You're at Rimrock Mall or you're at West Park Plaza, wherever you Central kids go do your fun. You know, how did you navigate that, and what was that experience like for you? Right. Well, I mean, Billings is a, a pretty unique community. You got Rocky up on the hill. You know, there's not a lot else going on, so you know, there's there's a lot of focus on high school athletics. And you know, I remember as a kid just having so many of those high school kids that I looked up to and. You had J.P. Williams on. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal athlete. I kind of feel like I'm the, uh, the comedian that gets on stage after Jerry. <laughs> that one. But, you know, you, those kids, um, you know, they, they were always fun to watch growing up. And I had a ton of heroes. And I just kind of followed in the footsteps of those guys that were ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the wrestling world, we had so many tremendous wrestlers that were just a little bit older than me come through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I ever really felt that way. When I, when I got to be in high school that we were special. Yeah. You know, it's a small enough town where it seems like you know everybody anyway. Right. And uh, so, yeah, it was... Uh no, I think that's a I think that's a great point because no, when people I think when everybody you like you have a connection to almost everybody you see it's hard not to be yourself so it's hard to get a big head or walk around like look at me I'm awesome well no I I caught your act when you were fifth grade buddy I know who you are so that that makes a lot of sense talk to me about 
balancing both sports. I mean, and let's dive back into, I mean, I'm still pissed at you for winning Midland Roundtable Athlete of the Year over me. I mean, I'm really upset about it. It's really haunted me throughout my entire life. Um, <laughs> but hey, it's funny. We got Betsy Morrison hopefully coming on here next week, who was, I think she won it on the female side the same year you won it on the male side. Um, but talk to me about balancing all the sports you did. Talk to me about that, um, you know, being multi-sport, keeping your grades up, staying out of trouble. What was that balancing act like, and where did you get your time management from? Yeah, you know, I think staying busy was, a, you know, one of the big ways that I stayed out of trouble. Just, you know, putting your nose down and working hard. Uh, we played a lot of football. You know, I've been, we've been playing football since we were little kids in Yellowstone Youth, and I just love that sport. So, you know, pretty dedicated at football. And then it always rolled right into wrestling. You, you maybe had a week off there in between. And, you know, I think my dad and my mom just kind of knew, hey, keep these guys busy. If yeah. You wanna, if we want to yeah. keep them out of trouble. And so we rolled right into wrestling. And um, they'd throw you in a wrestling room, and you were there, um, you know, in the, all, all through the winter. And then we, they'd find something for us to do in the spring, whether it was baseball or uh, or running track. Yeah. You know, real, yeah. I'm real slow here. but um, <laughs> You were out there. Know, yeah. Right. Tell me about the translation of skill sets. You know, I was lucky enough at Skyview um, to play with Jared Taco, Mike Andy, obviously guys that, that won a lot of wrestling matches and were phenomenal football players, too. And I, I know you're in that same vein. What is it about those two sports that you felt and feel to this day complement each other so well? Yeah. But I mean, just the, the hand fighting, the physicality. Uh, you know, wrestlers are pretty, they're pretty tough breed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it just translates so well. Anything anything interior or inside the box, any physical contact, wrestlers always have an advantage. Their hips are in better position. Mm -hmm. I still point that out to all my kids. Uh, when I'm coaching these little guys, it's like, hey, what are you doing in the winter? You know, you can go play Fortnite, but you really shouldn't be <laughs> right? a football player. Yes. But there's no doubt that there's a correlation. I mean, you look at, Yes, that's a great name. Yep. Uh, you know, Travis Travis Wright. Yep. Phenomenal wrestler. And those dudes, I mean, you've either, you've either got to tackle them all game long or they're tackling you. And it, it's just not a lot of fun because they, they don't get tired of it. Yeah, that's a, I, I really like how you mentioned the hips because I always, I mean, I felt like just watching and observing and being on the punishing end and practice of trying to tackle Jared Taco that his balance was amazing. You know what I mean? Not to mention the strength, but I mean the balance or Mike Andy, like in yourself, watching you guys yeah. hit somebody, you were always in that squared, you know, explosive position where some of the rest of us, you know, us gangly basketball players are running around there trying to survive. <laughs> right. Well, you know, you look at a guy like you know, Ray Lewis was a high school state champ in wrestling. See, I didn't know that. I can't, I can't think of a guy I would not want to be on the mat with more than Ray Lewis. That's I, mean, I had no idea, is. yeah. You know, Roddy White, state champ. There's a, there's a lot of good wrestlers out there that um, they are, are good physical football players. Do you see that? You know, you mentioned you know, you're coaching some youth sports and still giving back with Central. Is wrestling a tough sell? 
you know, I know at the NCAA level, you know, oh, there's only two two schools in our conference at D3 that still carry wrestling. I know there's a great program at Southern Oregon in the NAIA side of things, but you don't see it as prominent as maybe it used to be. Is it a hard sell for kids, or is it just a lack of information? What What is it? No, I think it's, uh, it's a combination of things. If they get rid of the singlet and go to more fighter short type. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. I think that have a huge impact on it, and there has been some. Uh, legislation like through the National High School Federation, yeah, uh, to kind of move in that direction. Because honestly, sometimes that's the biggest. That's a great uh, point. Yeah. Uh, who wants to pack into a singlet? Right, so, especially kids uh, nowadays that are so visual and impacted. Like, here's a picture of me on Instagram in singlet. It's not going to get a lot of likes. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you think about it, you know, there's uh, there's nothing that correlates with mixed, uh, mixed martial arts more than wrestling. The, the guys that are successful at the highest level. Uh, are all wrestlers anyway, so you might as well put the fight shorts on. And um, I think we get more kids out that way. But you know, we start them young. My kids, my kids have been wrestling since they were five or six, and uh, just kind of a way of life. Yeah, a lot of the same families, the same names. Um, but you know, we, I just love to get kids out, get them in the room, and we we try to keep it fun for them. Yeah. It, the talk to me now on that same wrestling football kind of track. You're tr- going forward to college. You know your decision. You know, hey, I'm going to concentrate on wrestling. Was that due to recruitment in either one? Was that a single choice? You know, you sat down with the family and said, "This is the path." How difficult was that? You know, as a guy that got recruited in, to Willamette for football and basketball, I know it was a week long. Like, I think I can only handle one sport in college. And then I picked hoops. But what was that like for you? Yeah, honestly, Kip, I ended up going the football direction. I mean, um, I, I had I had a pretty uh, solid national tournament, like after my junior year out in Fargo. Yeah. Where I All-American did that tournament. And, uh, you know, after that, I, I was in contact with a ton of different uh, schools to wrestle. And yeah. I thought about that long and hard, and I, I think I was a, definitely a better wrestler than I was a football player. But I just loved the I loved the sport of football. Yeah, There's something about the camaraderie of playing a team sport. Right, I love it. Right, and so that kind of that was kind of the, the, the route that I went. And you know, I decided to go to the University of Montana to go play up there. And uh, I talked to him in the spring of my senior year, and uh, you know, they said, "Yeah, come on up and walk on." And so when I got there, they basically told me they didn't have enough paths. No. What? Get out of here! Hey, I tell you, you're the yeah. That's two hometown heroes in a row. Where the Grizzlies' decision on you and JP, boy, we got to go back and ask some coaches. What the hell's going on? <laughs> but you know, you know, at that same time, Mike Gandy was up there. Yeah, you know, and he was playing. And Mike Gandy was one of the the most phenomenal uh, linebackers around at yeah. that time. And for him, you know, they really didn't give him a great look up there either. Right. And so they definitely slided. Uh, you know, some better athletes than me but uh you know and after that i i uh i kind of shifted gears i went and played a year of division two football out in south dakota mm-hmm. um loved that hated the weather loved the game and uh and ultimately ended up back up at carroll playing ball there in that in carroll talk about the carroll experience because i think even i was surprised even out here that when you say carroll and carroll football like people know about it you know, even out in Oregon, it's like, oh, it's the Saints. They're they're good every single year. Was that something you were part of? Was it already established? Was that during that run of a bunch of national titles? The Carroll, I feel like the NAI experience at Carroll is a little unique. Yeah, Carroll was awesome. I went there. Um, you know, my head coach Jim Hogan, 
Yep, and also sidebar, my driver's ed teacher, Hogan, yelling yeah. at me to take a left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys were the gurus of driver's ed. Right. But, uh, yeah, I ended up following Hoagie up there. Hoagie went up with Mike Van Deese. Okay. And uh, there, was a, there was a group of Central kids that went up there, the, the Matt and Nick Garaffa, Chuck Hader. Okay, um, yeah. career up there, and I followed suit. I played up there for one year with all, um, and then, uh, but... But in my time there was phenomenal. I've got yeah. a ton of friends from that group. And, uh, you know, that's probably the biggest regret I have is not, not sticking with it up there and finishing out because that was right at the start of our run. You know, they had uh, they went on and won a bunch of national titles mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. conference titles. And I would have been in the mix up there for sure. I played one year, uh, played nose on the defensive side of the ball, and we had a great group of guys over there, the Diesels. And, uh, you know, that's, that's probably my regret that, you know, even to this day, I think yeah. you know, I, I could have well, you know, that's funny you mentioned, you know, regrets and looking back. And, and it's a lot of people, I think, slide to the politically correct answer of I have no regrets. I lived how I lived. I think it's I think it's more telling when you're honest with yourself because I'm in the same boat, you know, play, coming to Willamette University. You know, I decided in early August, you know what? I can't play safety here and play basketball. But in hindsight, are you kidding me, Kip? Like, what are you doing? You get to hit people for X amount of time. And I turned them in too early. So, no, I, I appreciate right. you being honest and looking back and, and saying, man, there's that sing, you know, that opportunity in life that maybe I missed out on. Not that things didn't work out for you, but take us through to the next stage in life when you when that deciding to hang them up and how you got into the career you're doing now. Yeah, kind of a, you know, basically happenstance that I got into the restaurant, you know, bar restaurant business. It was just something that I always did on the side when I was at Carroll. Um, yeah, the only what, what are you gonna do to make money? I mean, you're yeah. you're busy quite a bit of the time, and so I just started doing a work study gig there in the cafeteria, doing a bunch of different roles mm-hmm. for them, and then moved on um, and worked for the Ryans in one of their restaurants. Okay. Doing, doing yeah. West Ryan. Yep. Yep. And just kind of progressed, did a bunch of different jobs uh, from bartending, waiting tables, uh, balancing. I mean, whatever it took. Yeah. And then you know, eventually was a GM, and then flipped on over to this side to where now I'm on the supply side of the business and uh, I've got weekends off. There you go. Right. It's turned into a great career and, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed selling. Yeah. It's a good fit for me. I was about to ask, that was my next question. You're, you know, your outgoing personality, I mean, you can talk to anybody. Was that a strength for you? Did you discover that early on? No, I mean, I think you just got to make a friend. Yeah. You're really not out there trying to I mean, um, yeah, you're just out making friends, and I've always enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed my professional career as it continues to move forward, Mm -hmm. and it's such a a dividing line between, you know, when I was an athlete, um, you know, a lot of people, my colleagues now, may not even know that I was ever an athlete or or played any sports, and that's all right with me, Mm -hmm. you know, know, I am am who I am today, and certainly that's the foundation of it, is what we learn in sports, but... uh, yeah, it's just a whole, it's a whole new world. The I know you mentioned earlier that that camaraderie. There's nothing like a team environment. Um, is that tough to find in your career, or is your day to day? Or do you do have a team you work with? Is it more you driving the bus? How is that? How what's your day to day like in the team sense? Yeah, we've got a great great group. We're the business resource team at Cisco. So there's about eight of us okay. all work together, and um, you know we've got some corporate chefs on there. Matt Lauer's the Yes, yes. Yeah. So isn't that another wrestler? His brother James was. Yeah, we we just push our desks aside. Yeah, we 
Yeah. Right. And I just never really felt that way. I, you know, I, I'm able to. I was able to put that behind me and, and move to the next chapter. And, yeah. Um, you know, our self worth isn't really based on what we accomplish on the field. It's who we are. Right. You know, as people. And so, you know, I've enjoyed where I'm at. I'm, I'm in a good place. I've got a couple beautiful, beautiful Catholic school kids. <laughs> now, and, yeah. Oh no, that's. That's a great question. And even me, not just as the podcast host, but as a coach, you know, I've got 19 to 22 year olds and trying to, inst- you know, we're division three. None of them are going pro. Where do you think you picked up your, the comfort level or the ease of transition? Was it something in your parents talked to you about? Was it just your own kind of journey through sports that led you ready to move on? Because I think that there's a sticking point for some of my guys too. Like coach, man, I, I just, I'm out here. I, I got great grades, but man, can I play overseas? Or I was like, dude, like you, right. you could to scrape money, but you've got a business degree from Willamette. You can start making real money now. But it, you know, it's that hard right. conversation. How, where did that comfort level for you come from? You think? Well, you know, I think that initial uh, encounter at the U of M. I get up there ready to roll, and uh, it's like, hey, it's not going to happen. You yeah. Know? So, and that was that's tough. Oh that gosh. Ball, when you're used to, you know, from the time you're five or six, you're busy. Yeah. Day at three, and so I had to try to fill that with kind of some positive avenues. Took up hunting. Okay. You know, stuff like that. Um, and you know, it, it just kind of slowly rolled from there. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, like you said, you're going to have regrets. Everybody, I think everybody has a little bit of regrets. Yeah. You know, no matter how high you go, like J.P. Williams talking about missing that phone call. Right. Shoot, so, he's got a shot at the NFL, and he had a tremendous career. Yeah. Uh, but I think we always, no matter how successful we get, we're always going to look back on one thing or another. Could I have done this differently? So, yeah. So I'm definitely in that position, but I'm um, happy with where I'm at. That's great. Is there one thing, and this is like my oldest just started middle school, right? And he's got flag football and my daughter's. Do you ever think to yourself, and you mentioned your dad was very influential in your career, obviously canonized too. Is there something you think on one hand, boy, I'm going to make sure I copy that, what my dad did or my mom did with me on that. But, or I for damn sure am not raising my kids in that, in that particular way. And for me, it would be pop's. Early on, boy, it was it was like a contest between Kane and I on points scored, and my dad squashed that early. Like, hey, you two, it's it's get the win. It's not about Kip. You had twenty, and Kane, you had thirty-five. Did your teams win? So, talk to me about that for you raising your own kids now. Yeah, I suppose um, you know when I look back on it, we were we were driven pretty hard early on. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in wrestling, it just seemed like it was it was nose to the grindstone at a really young age. And again, you're in a wrestling room. You know, at five years old, I was in a wrestling room. That's crazy, yeah. You know, with with Reese Andy and Aaron Andy and Mike Andy and Zach Zimmer was a Pac-10 champ. Yeah. And there's a ton of those kids around. And so we went pretty intense at a really young age. That is not how I'm doing it. Yeah. We're super laid back. We Honestly, if it's cool and our kids are enjoying it, then we're good with it. If it gets intense, we're like, Ah, let's go snowboard. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing you have to understand, I think, with these kids. I grew up playing football, wrestling, and I pole vaulted a little bit, you know, like in oh, middle school. And yeah. Stuff. Well, none of those trans- 
yeah. you do, there's, you know, there's obviously things you take away, but you don't grab your kids and go pole walk for the weekend. Right. You know? So there's a little bit of that. Like, I, I want my kids to be a little bit more well-rounded, and, uh, you know, I think we're, we're definitely getting there with them. And um, But, no, I, I can't I can't look back uh, on anything growing up and say that, uh, you know, there was anything wrong with them. Yeah. They were, they were pretty phenomenal parents. That's awesome. Before I let you go, one, do you still get, you mentioned you're still helping out when you can. Do you get to go to games still? And it's Wendy's Field now, right? It's not even Dayless anymore. Like, that's how out of touch, right? Like, I get back when I get back, but I got to keep up to date better. Um, And go ahead. Yeah, definitely Wendy's Field. Uh, We're playing up at Rocky now. Rocky's got a new turf turf field up there. That's awesome. We were always kind of the the stepchild. You guys always got stuck with the afternoon game. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. School, and we're loving it up there. My brother Brand is the offensive coordinator up okay. there at Central. And then my dad does the middle school. Um, I've done middle school with, with my dad. Mm-hmm. Just kind of whatever time allows. And now yeah. I've got our 10th grade crew. So That's um, all great. three of us are coaching, and you know, every Friday we're together. Yeah. Um, I'll go sit in the box with my brother and, you know, yeah. slide him uh, play calls on a, <laughs> you know, on a beverage napkin or something. Right. What that's a great before I, I want to hit this for you because I think Kane and I talked about it earlier in the year. But you're at that middle school age for football. Talk to me about the tackling, the contact, the concussions. Where do you land on it? What are you teaching the young guys? Yeah, I mean the game absolutely has changed and it'll continue to evolve. You know, we've we've went full force adopting all the you know, kind of the Seahawks tackling. Yes, yes. Our, our head out of it. Okay. Um, you know, I mean to the letter. We're just, You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, we want this game to be around in a couple of years. We've got to address it. Yeah. And um, you know, we don't we don't get in a thump like we used to do. Yeah. Um, there's no bull in the ring. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Um, it, you know, we're trying to minimize contact as much as possible, and we're trying to teach them to hit in the in in the right way so that they're not getting their heads involved. And then doing our best to you know if address it if we see a good hit. Yeah. Um, we're gonna pull them over and, and chat with them and make sure everything's good to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure that we've got our parents have access to our sideline on any of that too. If, you, if your kid, if your kid gets in a collision, come over and talk to them. Yeah. Know, make sure that uh, that everything's all right. They didn't get their bell rung. And um, yeah, I mean we've got to address it. We got to keep. We got to keep. Uh, well, and I appreciate, you know, I think I Kane mentioned that same style of the attacking that you talked about, the Seahawks, and I think Jeff Choate at Montana State it, it was it was big on that when Kane was there, and I know Peterson and the Huskies have been, it's a huge deal, and I, and I appreciate you guys, the work at that level for a game everybody loves, it's got to start there, you know, because if, if, if it doesn't, you know, the kids are teaching, taught the wrong way, getting injured earlier, so I appreciate the work you guys are doing. Hey, how do people keep up to date with you? You know, are you a Facebook guy? Are you a Twitter guy? I know I, I stalked you on Facebook Messenger and we got reconnected. But what? how can they keep up to date with what's going on with you, the fam, Central, wrestling, all that? You betcha. You can catch me on Facebook, Parker Aldrich. And then uh, I've got a Twitter out there somewhere. <laughs> my Instagram feed is going to be full of, uh, you know, T-bones and ribeyes. But if you're into that sort of thing, yeah. check it out. Absolutely. Hey, Parker, this is awesome, man. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you got a busy schedule with the kids and all in the work, so I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're excited to get you out there and get all the central people here and hearing what you're doing and, and some of the fun stories from the past. Appreciate it, man. Hey, take, take care. All right, buddy. Have a good day. Yeah, we'll talk to you later. 
Across the Streams podcast, Reacts edition, the Hometown Heroes episode three, Parker Aldrich, Billings Central High School, special React segment, because not only do we finally get Kane back in here on a short window getting ready for the Utah Utes, but we also get the podcast guru, David Gunn, who's, I, who's the genesis of the Hometown Heroes segment, because it was David's idea that got Kane and I to talk to all these former people. So Kane, say hello, then David, say hello. What's happening, man? I'm, I'm excited to get on here with, with all three of us all at the same time. Um, this is going to be a cross the stream moment it's in itself. That's right, so it this, is. This is big time, man. We're, we're crossing the stream <laughs> in itself. That's big time. That's so big. David, tell everybody where we're catching you from. You are catching me in my uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee on the way back from my studio in Warner Robins to Atlanta. So, uh, again, if audio quality is uh, not up to par, that is why. We never um, claim yeah, to be have... in stereo. We're not the rap. Oh, I am Rappaport. We never claim to be in stereo. <laughs> uh, and and basically, we're like, are we? The, are you guys like Rory and Maul? Am I Joe Budden, or do we want to switch roles? <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, Kane, he's saying he is carrying. Hey, Ken, you can be Kyrie. David can take Kevin Love. It's fine. It's not a big deal, guys. No, no, no. It, it sounded like you were. I'm talking the last year's Cavaliers. Oh, no. It was just McCall <laughs> and Kim, those just other like, guys. That's what it sounds just like. like. Just like Joe Budden, as long as, as when the bag come, I get the bag. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Rory and Maul. Exactly. If I get the bag, I'm great. Hey, so let's start here, guys. Um, Parker Aldrich, Billing Central. Uh, we want to say shout out to him for coming on with us again and, and making some time to catch all the. And this is what's weird for me. I wanted to say all the Central fans. Are there a lot of Central people? Like, isn't it an interesting niche in Billings? That, and I know you, we're all we're all in big cities now. But like, like that Catholic school, private school route was interesting to me and interesting to hear that he was kind of groomed for it from the beginning. For me, I didn't even know how how people got to Central. Yeah. Um, so that was just interesting, again, how he was groomed and how he got to Central. You know, growing up in Billings, I didn't know anything about St. Francis no. in, like, a, a middle school. I didn't know anything about that. I, I just, I don't even think I knew about St. Francis until I was, you know, probably an upperclassman in high school. Right. Kane? Yeah, no, it's, it's funny to me how uh, Lockwood always gets kind of lost. In, yes. in the world of Billings, like it, it might as well just be its own city over there. Again, across the stream or across the Yellowstone River, you got to go across the bridge, and all of a sudden you're in this place called Lockwood. Yep. And those kids kind of always get lost in the shuffle, and you never know where they're going to end up. Whether it's Skyview Central or Senior, yeah. you could go to all three. Right. And so, but some of the names that you mentioned that that, that he mentioned that uh, he went to middle school with or elementary school with, grew up around. Like Josh DeBoer and some Hume, of these guys. AKA the human highlight film, Josh DeBoer, Billy Senior Legend. Shout out to Josh. <laughs> it, so it was like, dang, man, these are some really, uh, some names, some blasts from the past that uh, that ended up in opposite realms. But um, yeah, no, the Central Private School in Billings, as, as you progressed, or as I progressed in this coaching world and started recruiting more, private schools are big time everywhere else. And. That's like the the prime sports now. Yeah. In today's high school world, it's all private school. Like they do a bunch of recruiting and whatnot. And it's always been interesting to me. I know I've got a buddy, egg, crack the egg, that's got the freaking theory that if he could go back to Billings right now, he would start recruiting 
to Central and try and get the best and only the best to go to Central for the athletic uh, world. Yeah. So it, it was interesting to kind of, again, think back to, like David said, back then we didn't really know what that was all about or, or private school. Yeah. Uh, but now private school is big time. I was, I was on that same note, Kane, of recruiting and David mentioning where you said, I didn't know anything about St. Francis. The first time I was even exposed to St. Francis when we lost Bo McFadgen, who should have been a Skyview four-man for us, to St. Francis on a redshirt year. He goes to Central. They win a state A title, and we come up just short knowing we should have had him. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's like the start of him going to like a prep school, right? Like he got, he got a redshirt to go to yeah. St. Francis. Yes. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, it cost us a state championship for sure. And um, But that was interesting. Like, um, I had no idea about St. Francis up until that point and, and what, it, what it was or where. I, I had no idea of how people ever ended up at Central at all. And, Kane, didn't it sound like they were kind of a Central family family? Like throughout his life, yeah. like we're a Skyview family, yeah. obviously. It sounded like yep. they were raised in green and silver. Yeah, and I think that's actually pretty common. There's a lot of families, when you think about some of the families that have gone through Central, um, some of the names that have come up through Central, it does sound like it's, hey, my, my, either my dad started here, coached here, I had a brother, older brother. There's always like, it, it seems pretty common um, for that to be the case. Yeah. where it's just kind of a, a, a dynasty of sorts or a um, fraternity is not the right word, but a legacy, mm-hmm. uh, you could say, where, hey, my brother went there, that's where I'm going to go there. Yeah. So it makes sense. I thought it was hilarious when he referred to Lockwood as the wood a couple times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that kind of goes back to, Kane, what you were saying. I think there was that association, like Lockwood kids, man, they might be a little off. But and he and he talked about how him and DeBoer. Can you imagine those two in a St. Francis classroom? The expectations oh, of man. behavior. And I was funny that Parker brought that up too. Yeah, no doubt, man. It's, it, it, the other thing that that instantly I think of when I think of Parker Aldrich, just that name, is you and him. And I don't know why this wasn't brought up when you guys were talking, but your guys' little guy football squad. <laughs> and Parker Aldrich was a dang little guy legend. Yes. And was used to just take kids' heads off. And I remember after every one of your games watching you guys play, I'd go home and in the backyard we'd get a game together and I'd be yelling out, Oh, here comes a Parker hit. <laughs> and just, just trying to take dudes' heads off, man. I remember that. He was a physical dude uh, from way back then. And it was it's kind of cool to see that it was fun to see at the time, how he just continued to progress on that same level throughout his uh, high school days. Well, David, I think you, I, the, Kane, the reason I didn't bring it up, because I don't think we won a game, but I think David <laughs> yeah, and no, Parker right. had a hell of a run on the Broncos little guy squad. Is that right, David? No, no, we were, no, we were Seahawks. Oh, we you were Seahawks? Seahawks. So it my, yeah, it was my first year I moved to Billings, and uh, it was my first year of, because uh, in Great Falls, we didn't have tackle football until, like, middle school. Yeah. So when I moved to Billings, mm. my first year of tackle football, and his dad, Mar- I think his dad's name is Marlo, right? Yeah, um, yep. Was our, was our coach, and Parker was kind of like the, the scout. He was always the bigger kid, right? He was yep. just out there beasting kids, and then Josh DeBoer <laughs> was on our team. I mean, we had a squad, and uh, <laughs> putting in work. We were putting in work. So um, Is that you know, funny, though? Thinking about Parker Aldrich playing linebacker for us next to Kyle Ecker if he doesn't go to Central. Oh, like, man. You know, Kyle Ecker, for everybody out there, played with Kane, Montana State, full ride, great yep. great linebacker. Played for us, but was, you know, he was 
a one-man wrecking crew in our god what, what were we even running back then under coach mack a 5-2 or some weird thing the monster 5-2 monster there you go the 5-2 monster <laughs> <laughs> well it's just so interesting because with with the town of, of billings right there's only four high schools. you know we're all out in bigger cities right now where there's four high schools within a five mile right. radius of us yeah. but it, it, yeah. just in that in that demographic you take you know the best athletes. You take these kids and you spread them all out. I mean, it doesn't leave a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot left at your high schools, and I think that's what we all kind of uh, fell victim to. You know, as guys, I think we had some good, good athletes during our time going up. But you know, there was only so many great athletes, and then you know, obviously, you know, losing a kid like that could potentially been like a Parker Aldridge. Right. You know, running the middle fours with with Kyle. Um, you know, could have led to a, a repeat state title. I see. I see Lebsock giving Parker Aldrich a lot of fifty-four, fifty-five down carries. I don't know if you would have got the touches you you did. You got David Gunn. No. Yeah. That's the the question is though: Would he be a fullback, or would he be the a pulling guard? Well, like my wouldn't have seen the field. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kurt, if you're listening, no, uh, you know that that wasn't a knock. I'm right. just saying you wouldn't have seen the field. Right. Uh, Kane, thing, where where'd you want to go with your reacts first off the off the bat? Uh, mine was the Lockwood part. Where'd you want to take us? Uh, I, I just want. I thought it was. Um, I really enjoyed his take on wrestling mm-hmm. and how it correlates into success on the football field, and the just kind of again, I get caught up in the uh, just some of the names that are brought up in these interviews. And he mentioned uh, the Andy brothers, yep. the Reese Andy, Mike Andy, uh, Darren Andy, the oldest. Um, and just some of the success that they had, obviously, on the wrestling mat. Uh, Reese going on to Wyoming, and, and uh, but then a lot of success also carried over into the football field. He's, he brought up Jeff Ellis's name. That was a great I one. mean, there's so many guys that uh, he brought up that were wrestlers, really good wrestlers, that in turn uh, it correlated into direct success onto the football field as well. I thought it was yeah. really interesting to listen to the reasons why uh, for that type of success. Yeah. Um, obviously pertaining to what I'm doing. Um, but also this kind of the, I thought it was interesting, just your discussion of wrestling and where is wrestling going? Like, yeah, are we going to, is wrestling still going to be around in 10, 20 years, especially at the collegiate level? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, that's good. That's an interesting topic in itself. Yeah. D- David, did you notice um, when you were playing, you know, you and I, even going back to Wapiton, your JUCO, was there a rest? What did was there guys with wrestling backgrounds? Um, there was a couple. I mean, you you, you saw a little bit, mm-hmm. um, not much though. You know, especially um, my my two schools in college, a lot of the kids came from the inner city. Yeah. So there, you know, there was the basket. It was basketball and football, and that was that was it. And I agree. Is and I think Parker brought it up. Is it, it is kind of a culture thing, like. There's certain towns and cities and, and states, really, when you look at wrestling, that wrestling's big, huge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then there's other areas that it's not as big or popular as a sport just because of the fact that it's just not around. You don't see it. Right. And so, with like Parker himself, you grow up wrestling, and a lot of these families that he mentioned, the people that were successful uh, that he mentioned, they grew up wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um it's almost like a lifestyle. It's like a lifestyle, right? It's a commitment it to we're going to live the wrestling way and we're going to be in mats and sweaty gyms and that's what we're going to do. Exactly. It is. It truly is a lifestyle, man. And, and it's, it's similar to our background where we grew up in a gym bouncing the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and and so in turn, that's that's the sport that we 
leaned on and, and turned to a majority of the time. And then these other sports, we just kind of, oh, yeah, shoot, it's football season, let's play football. And wrestlers were similar where, hey, if, if it was wrestling season, we're going or we're going to do wrestling majority of the time. Right. If it's football season, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go have some fun with some football. And, and they saw some success on the football field. Or in Parker's case as well, he went out for track and field in the spring and baseball, and when he was growing up. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's different, man. Every there's everything's a little bit different um, as far as where you grow up and how you grow up. And I can tell you this though, uh, my experience wrestling, um, I, I had some success. I remember. Yeah, he did. I did, man. Seventh grade. Actually, I want to say. I've still got it on VHS te- tape, VHS tape, <laughs> in like fifth grade. I'm out there just dominating city re- city league wrestling <laughs> a tournament. I've got it on tape, man. I dominated, and uh, and then I got into seventh grade, went out. Coach Malia and the Malia boys talked me into going out for seventh grade wrestling at Castle Rock Middle School, and it was it was an experience, man, to say the least. Down in a little dungeon of a, a wrestling room they had. Yeah. Well, the question is, did you have to get on the mat with the Malia boys? <laughs> I had to spar with them every day oh. in a dang oh, wrestling my room. They, oh my god, man! You talk about just taking a dude to like. I thought I had some skill in the wrestling. <laughs> I, you know, I dominated fifth, sixth graders. Yeah. And no, then all of a sudden, well, these little dudes just put me in freaking holds and moves I had no idea what was going on man I found I, one of the best memories I mean, it's not a best memory it's probably the worst memory but city championship seventh that seventh grade year I get to the city championship and I'm wrestling one of these lifetime wrestlers I mean this dude is he's got every move in the book my one move I was just right off the jump I'm going single leg takedown <laughs> and shooting at that single leg takedown all day and this dude literally must have scouted me out all year because as soon as I went for that freaking, as soon as the ref blew his whistle, and I'm shooting, this dude flips me over his top of him and has got me on my back like that, oh. just like that. Fortunately, I, you know, being the athlete I was, oh here we go. I was able to, I was able to spin out of it and get back <laughs> up on my feet and get back into into going. But this dude had me dialed, <laughs> and it just was, it was so different wrestling a guy that had been a wrestler his whole life as opposed to some of these other guys that were like myself that were just out there wrestling to wrestle the what about the singlet i thought that was a really good point he made about the singlet like let's get the singlet out and maybe kids will there'll be a little renaissance in de- in demand and wanting to wrestle and i thought it was a great point the singlet's atrocious it's it's a reason not to do it look sweet they do look sweet shout out to coach wall the adidas gear it's sweet no but i thought that was a great point that he brought up yeah what do you guys think about the uh out no pads in missoula for him like i mean that's not even across the streams moment that's like a fell to earth on an asteroid moment of your career like nah, we're not gonna let you play we don't got enough pads for you that was Mm -hmm. i i'd never heard that story from him obviously that that was that was incredible i've never heard of that I guess, you know, I, I don't know a lot about 
the, the whole walk-on process yeah. um, and then like with the preferred walk-on versus the walk-on and kind of how that really works. I guess I just never paid attention to it in, in college, but yeah, I'd never heard of we don't have enough pads. That, that blew my mind because every time I walk back in our equipment room, they have pads for days. <laughs> so, so that kind of blew my mind. Kane, what, give us some insight having been at the college level coaching now. What, what, have you mm-hmm. done that to some poor kid? No. No, the only thing that that comes to mind for kind of my experience would be potentially they don't have enough locker space. Yeah, we I know at MSU, for example, we had 106 lockers in our locker room, and so there was a hey, bottom line: we can't we can't fit you in. We don't have enough, so you, you limited the number of guys, obviously, that you bring in every year to that 106 number. And the NCAA gives you a number for your initial camp. Like you can only bring in 95 or 105, depending upon the level that you're at. David, something from, from you throughout the course of the interview you wanted to make sure we hit on. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, and I thought it was a great question, Kip, that you brought up in regards to kind of the, the, the aspect of the parents and, and really pushing the kids and how he's going to um, you know be with his kids in terms of sports and athletics and yeah. balancing that, you know, and it. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought that was great kind of um, insight that, that Parker gave. And it was really kind of cool just to hear, you know, talk about, hey, if my kid wants to do it, fantastic. I'm going to be behind it. But, you know, I, I'm not going to drive him to the point because it sounds like, you know, from his standpoint, you know, I, I, I knew his dad a little bit from him coaching me, a little guy, that, you know, he probably drove him and, and yeah. drove him pretty good. Right. Um, and it kind of makes me think back to my experience like growing up with my family and my my dad who was very much like hey do whatever you want i'll support you but wasn't there to drive me yeah i almost i i and i kind of relate back to you guys um kip with with coach i own kind of driving driving yeah. you guys and really pushing you I, I know i saw it firsthand and i almost i was envious of that right because yeah. I, I wish i would have had that for my end because I almost kind of think, man, would I have been a better athlete or would it have drove me away? So it's kind right. of, I, I just thought that was a great question to bring up and hear some of his comments in regards to how he's going to handle his kids. Yeah, exactly. Kane, your, your thoughts on there before I jump in? Yeah, that's funny because that's the exact point uh, that I was going to try and bring up as well is just him talking about his kids and, and kind of promoting them to just adventure out and do whatever they want to do and, and kind of have a, a – um, versatile uh, childhood and if they want to go snowboarding let's go snowboarding if they want to do this they want to do whatever yeah but just having a well-rounded uh, childhood experience which i think is is awesome and it's kind of the complete opposite thought process of some of these parents nowadays mm-hmm. that want to go and i think drive their kids too hard and i think david's kind of hitting on the point of there's a fine line yeah of hey i want to push my kids to sports but not to the point where you're pushing them and, and uh, they're getting injured at a young age and, and they're burning out at age 12 and they're going to just completely rebel against you because uh, you didn't give them any other options in life. That's yeah. the only thing you wanted them to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's it's funny that I, I think we were fortunate in our end uh, that we did have parents and, and a father, obviously, that, that really uh, emphasized the simple fact of if you're going to do it, you're going to freaking do it to your best ability, mm-hmm. and you're never going to quit on anything you start. Hence my seventh grade wrestling. <laughs> I started it, and about two weeks into it, I was like, "What the hell am I doing?" 
Yeah. And then not you're gonna freaking finish this thing regardless. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm all about the the freaking giving your your kids the options and allowing them to choose what they want to do. But if you're if whatever it is that they're gonna do, they're gonna do it to the best ability. David, have you found your more your role? I, I know I know your oldest does uh, gymnastics. So what has been? You don't necessarily have like expertise in that, but what has been your style, parenting style, and supporting her in that? Well, yeah, so my, both my kids, um, both my girls do it, and it, it, it's really interesting um, just because, yeah, I don't have an expertise in that, and, you know, I was always pretty successful in any type of athletics that yeah. I got involved in, you know, so I think naturally there's that you want your kids to be successful, but then how much do you really push and drive them, and, it's, and you know, my kids are seven and nine, and at their gymnastics studio, I mean, they're there every day, like we yeah. live in the studio, they, they're gymnastics, they have a sports psychologist on staff oh, there, wow. right? They come and huh. so we were meeting with the sports psychologist a couple weeks ago, and this brought this point brought up because the world of gymnastics, parents are absolutely freaking crazy, yeah. right? Even at a young age. And, you know, I think it, but there, there's got to be a healthy balance yeah. where the, the sports psychologist talked about, you know, when you leave the gymnastics studio, you really shouldn't even ask your kids about how, how, how their practice and how their session was today. Like everything should be left at the studio, mm-hmm. but which I agree to a certain extent. But then I think it really depends on the kids because I think in each kid is different with how much they want to be pushed and how much they want to talk about it. Right. So I look at myself like, man, I love sports so much and football and basketball. I, I wish I would have had that, that parent, that was just all in all day drove me to 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 get out there work harder practice mm-hmm. every single day so I I, I I try to balance myself that with my daughter I think my oldest she loves that stuff man yeah. she, she wants to be in yeah. there we we dedicated a room in our house specifically for gymnastics I got the bar I got oh the, geez yeah uh, balance beam I mean we made a gymnastics nice. studio in the house mm-hmm. so she could practice so uh, it's I, I think that's a, it, it's a it's got to be a balance. Um, yeah, the but it's tough. I think I found on my end um, one with my kids. It's really hard when they tell you their goals in the sport, but you know their work ethic isn't matching. Does that make sense? Like you know, yeah. I want to be in this, and Lincoln says I want to play in the NFL. Leah says I want to play in the WNBA, and I'm so quick in my brain to go, well, you're your ass better get some more shots up. But I is that the right thing? You know what I mean? Is maybe yes to show them what it takes, but at the same time I don't want to be the dad that says you got seven hundred shots before I feed you dinner. Like I, I yeah. I'm not sure I'm still I'm this is a great point, David. I appreciate you bringing it up. And Kane, I'd be interesting in your perspective, because I think both of us obviously very fortunate to have the father we did, but I would say my experience with him was different than you. In terms of, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if Dad ever said get your ass outside and do X amount of shots, but did he mm-hmm. did expect like balling out in game time? And if you didn't ball out, your ass was going to hear about it. So I think yeah. that that was a different approach. Between, and I'm not saying he never he expected you to be terrible, but I definitely think there was a coming to Jesus moment with him and I, to where I'm going to come to the games and support you even if you do go 0 for 12. Because David, you remember the senior high game. When we won on a buzzer beater, but I missed, I missed a one on one. Yeah, whatever game, I missed the one on one that would have sealed it. And pops, yeah, he stormed out and didn't see the buzzer beating win because he was so pissed. I missed the front end. 
And oh, that, yeah. So yeah. that was an interesting dichotomy for me. You're 100% right. And I was trying, I was pushed and motivated just to be Cassione's kid. Like, I'm not going to be shitty because my dad's name means too much. But at the same time, mm-hmm. there was a there was a thing like, man, I'm not going to be on the highlights tonight, and I don't know if Dad likes that. But Kane, you talk yeah. to that as well. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, I was witness to to that uh, that approach, obviously, and, and to some of the uh, extra and pressure. I, I think is maybe the word to match uh, what we're talking about because it was a little bit of pressure that came with the simple fact that our dad was an, was an All American right. uh, basketball player. And not only an all-American basketball player, but a softball legend, <laughs> and pretty much anything. And and then went from a softball legend to a scratch golfer. And also, oh, in the meantime, did you know that your dad set a long jump rep record right. at MSU Billings or Eastern Montana College? The one time he went out to jump, right, long jump for the track team, sets the school record that just got broke how many years ago. So natural athlete, successful athlete, uh, to say the least. Uh, and then head basketball coach for the local high school. I mean, and the name across the state of, yeah, this guy, is, this is a, a family of athletes. So, yeah, there's a little bit of pressure that came with that. And I think, unfortunately, as the oldest, and I, and I obviously I can attest to it as the oldest, you probably had to, to bear the, the, the brunt of most of it. Like mm-hmm. it was, it weighed heavily on you more than myself, who I was kind of able to watch and observe and almost learn from what was going on so I didn't have to hear about the, uh, hey, you weren't good enough type scenario. Well, you remember, David, the first time we played each other at Castle Rock in the Billings Rec League? You remember that? And you had Yeah, your... where I dominated you. Yes, yeah. and yes, you did. You dominated me, <laughs> and I heard about that on the drive home from Pops, how the kid with the glasses or the black kid with the glasses crossed you up three times. you got to be better. And I wanted to say, oh, mother fuck. Now, that's not the, you know, so it was an interesting, it definitely pushed me. So I don't want to say it wasn't on some levels beneficial, but I'm trying to find, do I want to be that for Lincoln? Do I want him to be in that fear of failure? Is that going to be successful or is there another, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kane, Kane, it's funny, right? When you were down here last week and me and Kane were yeah. having, we had this conversation. Um, Chip. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so and I always kind of wondered, and, and, and me and you have never really kind of discussed it, Chip. Like, you know, because I was always envious of, and and my dad and my parents were fantastic. And yeah. Supported me a hundred percent, but they they weren't drivers and pushers of the athletics. Like, right. I drove that bus, right? Right. Where it sounds like you know, again, you guys growing up, you guys had the love for, it, but you know, your your dad and your mom were, were driving the bus. You yeah. Know, like they were gonna. Virginia, like, do you think your success in athletics uh, would have been as good without that, or or even better, or would you, or do you think it could even been better if it was driven harder, where you had that individual, whether your father, or your mother, out there? Nope, you're not coming in the house. And right. You put five hundred shots up today. Like, right. Where do you, where do you fall on that? With yeah, no, I think for me, I think even I mean, I think it's probably historically on record on the basketball side. I started playing a lot better once he and I sat down and he said, "I have an expectation that you play hard, and I'm going to let you know that I'm done with 
the yelling and screaming and cussing from the stands. But that wasn't until my senior year. Remember when I crashed the Bronco? I wrecked the Bronco, yeah. slipping and sliding on ice on the way to Betty's to get a two-tone not fade. <laughs> <laughs> but then I came no, back, please. and that Laurel game, he's leading cheers in the stands. Remember, he was doing all in our whole student body, he's doing cheers. And from that point right. on, we were just in a much better place. I felt more relaxed on the floor. I knew there was still an expectation from myself and the family, like, we're going to be great. But it wasn't a condition of peace in the house as if you get 15 and 8 and shoot well. There was going to be peace in the house regardless, but let's go out there with with high expectations. So I think if that would have happened sooner, for me, just my makeup, maybe there would have been a slight bit more. But I don't don't think I would have had even the drive for my grades without that expectation from them. So I don't want to take that away. That was an awesome thing. Like I wasn't gonna get a mm-hmm. an A. I wasn't gonna get a B unless one David Gunn hid my jewelry necklace in class, or I would have had the 4.0. But I knew that was an expectation <laughs> to come home. Okay, remember we, we talked about this too, Kay. Remember about this yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say we brought that up. At the, at the club, at the ice club, whatever it was. It's, yeah, Kane and David, for the listeners out there, got to hang out in Atlanta before the Auburn-Washington game. And you guys, like, I believe the word you described the club was ratchet, but awesome. Ratchet, very good word. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, oh, I got to get the scene for you, though, Kim. I got to get yep. the scene. So, so Kane and his team were staying down by past the airport, okay. right? So I go get Kane, and... You know, that, that's South Atlanta. It, it's really far south, about almost an hour from where I live. And uh, so I know not, I don't know any spots around there, right? We just wanted to find a cool little sports bar right. so we could just go watch the game, you know, conversate. I haven't seen Kane in I don't know how many years, right? We talk all the time, yeah. but I, I haven't seen him. So we, I, I have found this place on an app, and we go there, and the place isn't there, right? So... We're, we're, we're driving around trying to find a spot. So I was like, oh, let's just go here. It looks like they got TVs, right, as I'm looking up on, online. So at first I thought we were in, like, little Haiti or something, right? There's, there's, uh, and, and when we're walking up to the club, you can see, uh, what was it called, Ken? The, the Ice Club or Ice Player or the something ice, like that? Yeah, I think it was, like, the, the Ice Club or Ice Box or something crazy like that. The ice box. So we walk up, right? You, we had to walk through a cloud of, of smoke on the street, first and foremost, right? And then we had to get padded. You know, anytime you get padded down, right? We're thinking we're going into a sports bar. So obviously, we're going into a club, getting padded down. They're talking about body. Don't no, stay right there. Don't move. Oh, I was like, oh, shit, Kane. We're in for it now. <laughs> and we go inside. I mean, the music, they had the bass. I mean, it's just. Bang, and it brought you back to the early 2000s, the clubs where, you know, just the old school players yep. that are like in the, the 40s and 50s, just out there trying to trying to mack the honey, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was classic, so, uh, man. We, I'm so we up at the bar and just, we just chilled, and it became, after about 15 minutes, nonstop jams from, like, just growing up yeah. when we were in high school. Yep. And it was dope. Yep. It was dope. I think it Kane was, told me perfect. that it was like the, I'm picturing Ice Cube and the Players Club. Yeah, that's what oh, I, yeah. that's what I'm picturing in my brain, minus the entertainment. If everybody out there knows what I mean. Oh well, there was entertainment <laughs> of these of these 
old school players out there on the dance floor. <laughs> I'm talking with the ladies touching the flow, oh. doing the roll. Oh. Like it was, it was fantastic. It was, man. It was, it was a perfect scene to just to literally. It took us back to all these different memories, and we we're swapping stories back and forth, and and having some really deep conversations amidst this scene going on around us. <laughs> uh, it was it was amazing. Every once in a while we'd get interrupted by uh, one of these old school pimps coming up and just, hey man, can I sneak by you to get a drink? And um, <laughs> Feel free, Pinky. Just be like, just dap them up a little bit. Like, hey man, yeah, it's all right, you're good. <laughs> but uh, just, it was, it was, it was a classic scene, man. It was great. It was, it was a perfect environment. If we could shoot this podcast at that place, on Ooh. any given Friday night, it would be absolutely classic. <laughs> hey, last, before we wrap up, one thing I want to make sure I got you guys input on. What about the part where I asked him about his, how he kind of, you know, insinuated that his transition was easier from athlete to regular Joe than some other people? What were your guys' take on that and, and some thoughts about that? Because we've all gone through it, you know, where you're no longer on the field, the scoreboard's not impacted by you. Well, what was your guys' thoughts? Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, for me, uh, it was the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, to a certain extent, though, because obviously I'm still in heavily involved in athletics. So yeah. I think that was a big part of why I got I, I started getting into the coaching thing anyway. I knew I was going to eventually get to it, but I just didn't realize it was going to be as quickly as I did. I yeah. literally hung up the cleats and picked up a clipboard like that. I mean, that's, that right. was the transition I made. But it still didn't take, didn't uh, necessarily necessarily make it any easier uh, to come to the realization that you're done, done playing. Right. Even though I I was the one that made that choice as far as hey calling the agent up and telling them I'm done, I don't want to travel the world to to play football. I'm 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 gonna try this coaching thing. You still there were days on game days in particular when you know you can still go out there and play that that transition was tough. And I know a lot of people that I've talked to, uh, specifically former football guys, I think football is kind of a tough one. It just It's a hard transition initially. Mm-hmm. I think you sh- guys struggle with uh, who they are identity-wise. Yeah. So I think it was kind of refreshing to hear Parker saying, I think he knew enough about himself and where he wanted to go and what he wanted to do that it was an easier transition. And I think that's kind of a big part of it. Like, all right. I know my identity. I know where I'm going or what my next step is. But there's a lot of guys out there I don't think have that in mind when they initially step away from the game. David? Well, I think from Parker, what what I kind of heard is he kind of got that self-realization earlier, right? When yeah. he went up to 2am and they didn't have his, his – they didn't have enough pads. I think that kind of gave him, um, you know, his kind of – his athletic limitations right there, yeah, right? right? And, and yeah. it sounds like his athletic, his collegiate athletic career where he kind of bounced around at multiple schools and played at different different schools that, you know, he, he, he probably knew early on that there wasn't a life in football after after college for him, yeah. right? So I think that, that's probably what eased that transition and made it easier because he got hit with a dose of reality very early in his freshman year, right. you know, so similar to Kane, like for myself, you know, coming out of college and signing with an agent and going up to the CFL and, you know, seeing how the business side worked for me um, and then getting cut, man, that was, 
I mean, I, I'd never experienced that type of pain, emotional right. pain in my yeah. life. I'd never yep. been cut. I'd never been fired for, from anything in my life. Yeah. I thought my yep. world was over, uh, and then bouncing around and, and going to the arena league and getting cut again, and then trying to get signed back at the CFL. So at that point, I had gotten so frustrated and mad. I was mad at the business side of football, and I didn't want to. I didn't yep. want to be involved in the football because. I love and I had a passion for football, and it was gone. Like they, the business side sucked it out right, because yeah. I knew I, yeah. and I felt I should still be playing, and uh, or shouldn't have got cut over certain things in certain situations. So when I transitioned out of that and, and it trying to transition into the business world, um, yeah, it, it was it was tough for me, but it but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. If, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean, right? Like, it sounds I was like. It sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like maybe you and Parker's experience, even though they were vastly different in terms of success collegiately, was appealing, like taking away the aura of the game. And Kane and I coaching it immediately after we were done, you kind of are still wrapped in the blanket of, oh, football, basketball are so amazing. But you guys, having lived the, the different experiences, like, man, there's some bullshit involved with this game. I'm done with it. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I, you know, you saw that, that business side and how moves and, and these, you know, they looked at you like, like chess pieces is how I saw it. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, there's more to life than this. And then at the time, I wanted to experience different things and put a, a, a degree to use and right. uh, get to work on that. So, you know, my transition was, was fairly easy and I happened to transition into something that still gave me that competitive edge that I was looking for so it made it much easier for me right mm-hmm. uh, I would say Kane one thing I would add on that for me the toughest part the first three years after being done playing and being a GA and then being assistant and also and you can speak to this a little bit doing it at the school you played with so you still have teammates that are out on the field and you're, yeah. the hardest part was was figuring out like holy shit I can do this better than you still what and I and it was and, until I got older where it was like yeah Kip you got to coach him to that level it was just such a frustrating experience like man coach I'll suit up now to go out there and make us better and he's like no you have to learn how to coach them to be better and that was hard that was like this guy can't guard. I can go guard that kid right now. I'm 23, you know, and it was that part was yeah. very. That was a hard kill for me to figure out that it literally had nothing to do with you anymore, buddy. How do you get that yeah. guy to that next level? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that and then transitioning from being a guy in the locker room, literally right next to the, these guys, and, and then really still hanging out with them yep. on occasion outside of the locker room, and but now all of a sudden you're looked upon or from the coach's standpoint as, hey, you're, you're a coach now. Yeah. But then you've got your, your boys that are still playing that you are like, yeah, okay, how do I uh, gain their respect as a coach and still maintain a relationship away from it? Yep. Uh, so that was a, a little bit different or, and difficult transition for those first couple of years. And you throw in, I, I'd suit up and freaking play scout team quarterback and get my, really get my competitive juices going. Oh. up on, on – Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday every once in a while and going out there trying to freaking juke guys and, and make them look bad. It was an interesting transition period. For me. He was. He was keeping his stats, wasn't he? I was 12 for 15 today, also threw in 75 on the ground. You know. I've got the, I've got the all-time career yardage 
scouting quarterback. <laughs> look it up. That. Uh, anything else, fellas, from your guys' end before we wrap up? Reacts, Parker Aldrich, hometown heroes, Billing Central. No, no I, I, think, I just um, thought it was a great interview. I learned a lot more about Parker and uh, kind of, again, growing up and, uh, you know, and, and being in the same class with him, I didn't I didn't know a ton about him. You know, those, right. those Central kids were kind of out there, and we didn't see him a ton. Right. But uh, so it was great uh hearing about what he's doing now and it sounds like he's super successful and have a, has a great life so yeah I'd, I'd echo that same comment as far as it's fun catching up with these guys and, and seeing where they're at now and uh, and seeing guys like Parker who's are giving back to Billing Central as far as around the program still and, and helping mentor young guys um, to hopefully grow up and, and be a successful off the field and on the field as well Hey, what I keep say I keep segueing into almost an ending, but I got another thing. I King, you brought it up earlier, and I told Parker yeah. after we were done. I said, "Hey, we got to get give me some names from more central people. Give me somebody from senior because we've had a hard time figuring out who we should get from senior." But these interviews, when they bring up the name of somebody that were so pivotal, like not pivotal maybe, but impactful when you were growing up, that's been so much fun for me. Like well, you said, Jeff yep. Ellis. We got to talk about Jared Taco. We got to talk about yep. Danny Sullivan with Hater. I mean, we said Blaine Hardy with J.P. Yep. Williams, D.J. Becker. It's all. It's been like a like a photo booth going back in time, and I picture these guys in these scenarios. Uh, that's that's been a really cool part, and I we got to give David full credit for the idea of this thing. But that's been a lot of fun. There's no question, man. And speaking of all those names you just threw out, and what just popped in my mind. You remember those uh, trading cards they used to have? Yes. Those Skyview trading cards. Oh yes, they those were huge. The, yes, those were big time, man. I remember yeah, my I picture was hideous. Those around when we came up, they did. When we had one year with me, when David and I probably were sophomores, and we still had the Peyton Manning loose leaf sleeves, and they took our picture on the side by the bricks, and we just looked uh. horrible. We just looked. <laughs> The worst. So, you, so basically, you guys are responsible for ruining that, and they got rid of it. Probably. Huh? Cross the streams, react segment. Parker Aldrich. We'll be back. See you on the other side, Ray.